Okay, now it's the Afrozone Show with your girl, Sheila O. And you all know this is where hip-hop meets Afro beats. Okay, first Afro beat show on a major FM dial in the United States of America. And this is How Far. How Far, what's up? Well, Gwan, how you all doing? What's popping? Spill the tea. What's up with COVID? How's COVID treating you all? You all got to let me know. Kaz, How Far, yeah. what's up? How Far, oh, I'm just living the dream or nightmare, depending on, depending on how you want to look at it. But either way, I'm waking up every morning, I'm asking how far, Sheila. So how far are we going today? How far? We're taking it all the way down to creative geniuses, like we always say. We're going into the head of Zach O'Malley Greenberg. That's what's up, y'all. Zach O'Malley Greenberg is a senior editor of media and entertainment at Forbes and an author of four books. Yes, I say four. Four. One, two, three, four. Four books, okay? His latest A-list singles was published in 2020 this year by Little Brown. Previously, he penned The Three Kings, Michael Jackson's Inc., and Jay-Z's biography, Empire State of Mind. He's a Yale graduate, y'all. Okay, 2007 <laughs> Yale graduate. And right from Yale, he went straight to Forbes. That's what I'm talking about. That's how you do it, okay? Ivy League all the way to Forbes, where he has since penned covers on the likes of Kendrick Lamar, Ashton Kutcher, Katy Perry, A-Rod, my British bro, Richard Branson, you know, and most recently breaking the story that um, Kanye West, our shy town Kanye West, you know, is now a billionaire. Yeah. And of course, the existence of Wu-Tang Clan's secret um, album along the way. Mm. Zach has also pioneered Forbes franchises, 30 Under 30 Music, The Hip Hop Cash Kings, while expanding, I must say, the existing ones like Celebrity 100, which we all know about, and creating properties beyond editorial Under 30 Music Festival. I could go on. I could go on about this young dude, I could. But it's wow, so wanted to have you on the That's show. That's a crazy resume, bro. Tell me about it, Zach. Very kind to you, very kind. Very How kind. are you, Thanks Zach? How far? I'm all Pleasure. right. I'm in. Uh, I'm in. Coming to you live from New York City, where things are getting better. But uh, yeah, representing the Yankees, multiple multiple uh, folks on the call, right? Um, you know, I could definitely go for a Yankee game right about now, but I have a feeling I'm gonna have to wait a bit. So. Uh, you know, no, but I, I, I'm I'm lucky. Um, you know, my family is healthy. Uh, I get to work remotely, and um, you know, we're just trying to make uh, trying to make the best of it. And that's all we can possibly do at this time. Zach, let's go back to the very beginning. In 1992, sure. okay, you played a major role, way a back. child role, way <laughs> back, way back. But that was a great movie, though. Lorenzo's Oil, okay, you were a child star, lead actor for that movie. Obviously, I'm assuming the acting was your first love. But today, you are ragging and telling stories of the biggest pop icons in the world. Did you venture into any more acting after Lorenzo's Oil? I did, you know, and um, I, I must say, it acting is uh is not as glamorous as it might seem you know especially <laughs> when you're a little kid and um and you have to do the takes over and over again and every time you know some extra looks at the camera you have to start over and it's you know sometimes 30 40 times uh and uh you know they, they don't tell you like they don't always shoot in the season that it's supposed to be so like i remember there was a um it was a scene that was supposed to be in the in the fall or winter and so we had all our you know like our coats on and stuff but we were filming it in the summer and it was this birthday party scene and and it was just like blazing heat and and somebody kept looking at the camera and we'd have to redo it every time we're sitting out there in our coats in like 90 degrees so um you know it's it's not all uh 
it's not all glitz and glamour, but um, I, nevertheless, I did I I did try one more uh, try my hand one more time at acting before I retired um, as a middle schooler, uh, and and I auditioned for the role of Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars. Oh, okay. um, did not get it. Did not get it. But um, you know, I auditioned right before I got really really into Star Wars, and so I remember. You know, they asked me. They, they had a little um, X-wing, you know, uh, uh, star spacecraft thing, mm-hmm. and they, a little model. And they handed it to me, and they said, you know, what would you do if you were if you were Anakin Skywalker with this? And I was like, I don't know. I'd fly <laughs> it around. Um, Toss it and about. Like, okay, all right. Yeah. But if if they caught me a couple of years later, I might have said, you know, I'll fly it from Tatooine to you know the Kessel Spice Mines, and uh, you know, in, in less than ten parsecs or whatever. Um, <laughs> getting really uh, technical on them but I, I hadn't achieved that level of nerddom yet so <laughs> I, w- I always wonder if that cost me my, my, my acting career but look at where you are today so they're lost <laughs> right look at where you are you went from an Ivy League school I talked about it earlier at your, when I did your intro uh, that was Yale you graduated and went straight to Forbes when you joined Forbes did you instantly start as a content creator you know pioneering the Forbes 30 under 30 music or mm-hmm. did you have to build your way up to that position yeah I, I I definitely had to build my way and I started off covering stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, <laughs> a little more standard fare. And, um, and one day an editor walked into my cubicle and she said, you're under 30, um, do you like hip hop? I said, I love hip hop, I grew up on hip hop, I'm from New York. And she said, okay, great, you're gonna help me put together the first ever list of the top earning rappers mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, and so uh, I ended up writing a story about Tupac um, and how he was making more money at the time even though he was dead, than all but five living rappers. And uh, the story went in the magazine, this is in 2007. Mm-hmm. And on the, on the side, we did a little, a little bit on, you know, the hip hop cash kings, um, you know, the, the top earning living rappers. And the top three were Jay-Z, Diddy, and 50 Cent. And so, you know, we put the, the magazine out and I went on to the next thing. And, and I'm out in, in uh, New Mexico reporting the story and on the radio comes Forbes, one, two, three, I get money, I get money. And it's, it's this remix that, that, um, of the 50 Cent song that Diddy and Jay-Z have hopped on and they're shouting out Forbes.com and the magazine and um, talking about you know this, this story that I had just done. And, um, and I got back to New York and everybody was like, we should we should probably keep doing this This yeah promote that man yeah uh so a little while after the editor who i had worked with left she said you know you should really make this your thing and and so i did and so every year we've since then we've done the the hip-hop list the the forbes list of top earning rappers in the world uh and then also expanded into um doing net worth lists Mm um you know so which is where you start to see some of the stuff uh, that you alluded to earlier, like with yeah. the Kanye becoming a billionaire, um, Jay Z becoming a billionaire, stuff like that. So that's been um, that's definitely been my my favorite part of my job. Although I do a lot of other stuff, uh, you know, media entertainment, a little bit of sports. That's I remember dope. when that happened actually too, and um, they definitely brought the hip hop culture to the Forbes list. Like that was like a badge of honor. Like you had to, you ain't bragged unless you're on a Forbes list. But I'm wondering, like prior to that, like. Were you a fan of the hip hop culture, or did you know anything about the background, or was that more so like something you just? Oh uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, I grew up in New York. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so the first album I bought, uh, I bought 
the, the first albums I bought with my own money, I went to Tower Records in like, you know, 1996 or whatever it was. I was in sixth grade. And um, yeah, I went to Tower Records with, you know, whatever it was, 45 bucks in my pocket. And I bought, um, I bought Sublime Sublime. <laughs> I bought the Titanic soundtrack. <laughs> and, and I bought, uh, I bought Puff Daddy and the Family No Way Out. Yeah, that was being my favorite one. And that that one and Sublime were my two. Those became like the two branches of my musical interest. So I definitely, um, you know, will always have a, a soft spot in my heart for alt rock. Uh, I guess ska, I mean ska, but nobody really makes ska anymore. But, but I mean, but hip hop, so like the the Puff Daddy album. Although mm-hmm. that's not, you know, like um, like let's say, you know, old school golden age uh, yeah, hip hop. Yeah. It, it, it like opened. It opened the door to me. That's to my this entire era. world. That's when I got it, it, the shiny suits and all that. I, I feel you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they sampled, you know, he sampled so many classics, you know, uh, that that um, it, it, that's what kind of turned me on to you know, like I never would have known about Grandmaster Flash unless mm. Puff mm-hmm. Daddy had had sampled the message, you know. So uh, I mean, I probably maybe eventually, but like that that kind of like clued me into this whole history of hip hop, like, mm-hmm. you know, from the very beginning. And I think that's so important. And, um, and yeah. you know, I, I, I think it's important that acts, you know, these days shout out the, the, the founders and the pioneers because, you know, so a lot important. of that stuff gets lost. It is so important. And as a writer, you really have helped push the culture because you have to really be passionate about it. And that's the story you just told now. But telling the stories um, that you most admire, what would you want people to know about these individuals that you choose to write about? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that um, the the thread that runs through the work that I've done at Forbes um, on the business of hip hop mm-hmm. is that, you know, before we started doing this, there was no mainstream business publication that covered hip hop in a, in a serious and sure. dignified way. And yeah, there were one-off stories about, you know, Master P or whoever. And, um, but, you know, they would always have titles of like bling bling and, you know, like, <laughs> like ridiculous, uh, like kind of like novelty, you know, kind of language uh, around it. And, and this, this kind of like pervasive sense that hip hop was a fad. Mm. And, um, you know, but, but my mission has been to come in and say, you know, starting in, in 2007, it was like, hip hop is, 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 a, is a real business. Um, we, should, we should cover it as such. Mm. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Richard Branson earlier. Yeah. And, you know, I often say like, people get into conversations about, you know, um, artistry and, and talent and um you know somebody like puff daddy like he's not really good at rapping like you know he's like he's a producer but he more like puts teams of producers together um you know what's the why does he get so much credit blah blah blah, blah. and i was like well you know my, my stance on on puffy is like he's sort of like if richard branson happened to put out a few albums you know yeah. um and like that was one part of his career, but um, it's this it's this uh, entrepreneurial um, drive, um, mm-hmm. this kind of like adventure capitalism. Always reinventing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, always reinventing and 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 looking for the the next thing to move the culture forward. Um, you know, and you can disagree with what he picks, but um, I think it's you know, just a good example of a rapper transcending into a businessman. Exactly. Don't get me wrong, because it's one thing you can give him his props or not on rapping, but in general, just to see that evolution. 
and then to see other people follow that path that's how that's the way to the Forbes list like I get what you're saying like regardless of how you feel about him as a rapper you gotta respect the businessman the brand because you can't just be boxed in as one thing so we go on for days about who's hot and who's not at the end of the day like I feel you on that Right, and the fact that he's still, you know, relevant, uh, yeah. I mean, yes, yes. to the extent of like we're talking about him right now, mm -hmm. um, I think is a testament to what he's been able to do for a guy who's not a very talented rapper, right? Like, let's, all, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, yeah. He's a, you know, but like you said, I don't write rhymes, I write checks. Exactly. That's right. And he so does. He does, he really yeah. does. We're in a world still full of untalented rappers. Now let's see who's going to do what Diddy do though. Yeah. It's, it's, it's levels to it. Don't get me wrong. Exactly. <laughs> so true. What about um, Jay Z? Um, have you have you met Jay Z uh, since you wrote the book? You know his bio, his bio, Empire State of Mind. And uh, when you met him, if you have met him, what did he think about the book? Yeah, it's a it's a funny story. Um, so I I started writing the book, I believe, in uh, 2009, Empire State of Mind. Mm -hmm. Um, this is focused biography of Jay-Z and it came out in, in 2011 throughout the whole process I tried to interview him you know I talked to John Manilli and mm, I was like manager then his manager at the time you know hey mm. does Jay want to talk and blah 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 I mean I sat down with him and in, in the, the uh, old Rockaware headquarters in, in, um, in Midtown and there was a lot of like well maybe I don't know like and 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 just like stalling 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 and the deadline came and went with with no input and so you know he never he never said no but he never uh agreed to sit down and talk to me so flash forward a couple of years um i'm covering the made in america music festival for forbes mm -hmm. and i'm in the i, I go, go from the, i'm in like the media area and i go to to use the restroom and they have these these porta potties set up um, and there's sort of like, there's the, the media area and then there's the porta potties and then there's the VIP area. And so, uh, so I, I, you know, I come, pop out of the, the porta potty and who should I see 10 feet away from me but Jay-Z and Beyonce just standing okay. there with a few people. So I'm like, well, this is my, my opportunity. So I go, um, I walk over, I say, uh, uh, hey, um, Jay, I'm, <laughs> I'm the guy who wrote the book about you, and he sort of like looks away, pretends not to hear me, and then he and then he saunters off, and looks as he's about to disappear around the corner, looks back over his shoulder, and he goes, "That book was horrible." How <laughs> <laughs> mad he had to laugh! <laughs> yeah, you should have called and, him on uh, the elevator, see if he would have had that same energy. <laughs> right, right, right. No, respect. Right. That's hilarious. So uh, I, I actually I, did, I subsequently did an interview with Puffy where mm -hmm. I told him the story. Right. And and he's like he's like oh no Jay's a cool cat he's just messing with you. Um, Plays so a who lot. Knows? Yeah, no, he, he does he play does, a lot. He likes to mess around. Yeah, I was privileged uh, to be the first to take him to Africa. So I toured with him in Africa and um, I oh, was right on a plane with, yes, I was the first to take him out there. I was on a plane with him and Beyonce and uh, she was um, just escorting him on that tour. So it was me, John Manelli, Robert Buzzelli, we were just on the plane and, and everywhere we went to in Africa, he was very excited and he, he just he just jokes a lot. He just cracks up a lot. Like, yeah. you never know with Jay. Are you happy? You're not happy. You never know with him, but he's such a genius. So yes, I, I do think that was his way of actually saying yeah. I mean, speaking, yeah, yeah. you know, to you. Yeah, you know, and, and when I write stuff, I don't 
you know, my goal isn't to flatter whoever I'm writing. I, I, I want to be truthful, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and to be sure, I get into the stuff that works um, for Jay and also the stuff that doesn't work. But I thought I was fair and, you know, hopefully he recognizes that. So, uh, speaking, you know, uh, speaking about being fair, Zach, so what's the story with Kanye? I mean, you, there's some uh, discrepancies. So I need to know, is Kanye right or is Forbes right? What, what happened there? Speaking about being fair. Is he one billion? Is he one point three billion? What is he, Zach? What's your version? The short answer is that Forbes is right. <laughs> Period. Uh, the, the long answer is that um, I wrote a, a cover story on Kanye uh, about this time last year, and um, I spent a couple of days with him out in L.A. and you know just some wild stories. Uh, got a real peek inside the empire. Um, you know, wrote the story, put him on the cover, uh, story came out, um, you know, got a lot of attraction and, and, um, and, and he actually texted me and, and said, you know, great job, brother. Congratulations to you and the team and you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, two months later, out of nowhere, he just starts like going off on us. Like Forbes is unfair, Forbes this, Forbes that. Or I'm a billionaire and Forbes hasn't called me a billionaire. And we didn't call him a billionaire in the story. The story was focused on his earnings, which is about our earnings package, right. Celebrity 100. And, uh, you know, we said we didn't think he was a billionaire quite yet, but that, that we thought that he'd get there soon. And a couple months later, he just decided that he actually hated the story and um, has just been kind of chirping about it for months. And, um, and finally, when we put out our billionaires list, and, you know, I mean, as usual, we reach out, we say, hey, you know, if he's a, you know, like, we think he might be close, can you provide any documentation? We talk to people in the industry and we try to, we do our, we do our reporting, we come up with a number and um, it seemed that he was close, but not, uh, not, not there yet. Mm -hmm. um, and so we said, you know, can you provide documentation? And for months, we didn't hear anything back from them, even though Kanye was kind of going off about how disrespected he felt and all this. Uh, and then the billionaires list comes out in March or April, and um, and uh, and so he starts texting with the editor of Forbes, who, who I had set him up with when we were first doing the story um, back last summer, and um, and you know the editor says, talk, you know, every people send Zach the documentation. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of back and forth, and and ultimately um, they send us uh, some pretty convincing documents that, in fact, you know, we we did feel. Um, uh, made the case that he was a billionaire, mm -hmm. but you know because of the way you know it all comes down to Yeezy, uh, which is not a straightforward scenario, right? Like mm -hmm. it, he owns it 100%, but it, the deal is with Adidas, and so he couldn't exactly, you know, um, extricate himself from it at a moment's notice and go and like sell Yeezy to you know Puma or something. I mean, it, it would be really involved and, and probably the stuff that already existed uh, under Adidas would stay there just as you know uh, one might expect um, so you know we did the reporting talked to people in the, in the industry to come up with a fair method evaluation and, and it settled on 1.3 billion um, and put out this story uh, a couple weeks ago and you know this ended up being a huge thing and you know millions of people read it but um, Kanye was, was still uh, upset because he feels that he's worth 3.3 billion mm -hmm. uh, instead of 1.3 billion and um, and that this is some huge uh, slight but you know I mean um, look I've been I've been listening to Kanye since he 
came out, always loved his stuff. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I I think I think he's a genius. Um, I think he's worth 1.3 billion, not 3.3 billion. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I, I think I think when we put out our numbers, a lot of times people see it as like um, like a value judgment, like like mm -hmm. a you know, if we say that somebody is worth less than they say they do, it means that we like them or if we you know it's not about liking or not liking it's just you know we, we do yeah like we look at the numbers and we make our best judgment and um you know it's it's like uh it's not really like a subjective uh you know it's like a grudge thing it's just right. you know we do do the numbers how we do the numbers and i mean zach you don't have to worry about that do, so. you don't have to worry i don't know if, i mean i don't know about you or with Cass. if i'm labeled a billionaire that's good i don't even have yeah. to go on the numbers one two three four five now nah. the fact that i'm yeah. a billionaire right Right. Uh, personally, I wouldn't even want people to know I'm on the list because I still owe people. I still owe myself people my third house. <laughs> so yeah, no, I got a big yeah. family, man. I, I, you know what? what? I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. What's exactly. each is all? I know, but I do see like it's either one way or the other. People are either bragging about it or they're yeah, upset, right. like they're like, they getting hated all like nah. Well, it's like you have to show the receipts. Otherwise, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it is. It's really interesting putting this whole thing together. You know, when we put our list together, we always call, uh, you know, to bounce estimates off of people and give them a chance to comment or you offer documentation one way or the other. And I'd say like a third of them, um, you know, a third of them think their number should be higher. Mm -hmm. A third of them don't comment and a third of them think their number should be lower, you know, <laughs> and, and then and then they argue, try to argue down. And then, and then, you know, and then like a couple months later, you find, find out about like fraternity situation or, or alimony, <laughs> yeah. you know, like a divorce coming up. Oh, Pablo, Pablo Escobar situation. You know what I mean? So you guys put right, the yeah. trouble. So you never know. You never so, know. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're, you're a lover of music. You're a lover of the culture, obviously, Zach. Um, I don't know if you know much about Afrobeats and the fact that Afrobeats is making major waves right now. For sure. Do you, do you see yourself telling the story of similar types of people, international talents um, from that demographic, from Africa in the future? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a great place uh, to be looking for, you know, for, for like the next generation of stars and... Um, I spent uh, I spent about 10 days in, in Ghana. My wife was working over there for a month, mm. um, a few years back. And um, I remember, you know, and this was when, this was when I think like WizKid was just starting to get big in the US, but yeah. going over there and, and being immersed and, and hearing some of the other names that were bubbling up and just like, you know, just all, everywhere on the radio all the time. Um, and, and, you know, and then seeing subsequently how, you know, that has, has expanded um, you know, not just throughout the continent, but internationally, um, you know, starting to get some real penetration in the United States. So, um, yeah, you know, and, and, and I think that although obviously uh, Afrobeats being, you know, a, a distinct genre from hip hop, but like influenced by hip hop in some ways musically, yep. it's also really influenced, um, uh, you know, in terms of like entrepreneurial mindset by hip hop, right? Um, yes. And there's and there's a real uh, like appreciation for, for what, um, you know the, the likes of Jay-Z and, uh, and and Diddy have done um, and, and sort of like a desire to emulate that and, and, and kind of like build a you know like so an Afrobeats version of that kind of so mogulism. So true. So, so I, I'd, I'd love to, to have a, a, to, a an Afrobeats earnings list. 
that's where I was going to. I need you to have one. You, that's why I was like, <laughs> we gotta have this interview. We gotta get Zach into this market, into this demographic, because we're taking over Zach. We yeah. we wanna we want we see ourselves in the next ten years. You know, being a lifestyle, being a culture like hip hop is. We're not gonna be a phase, and we just mm-hmm. wanna make sure that we keep at it. So I was like, okay, let's right. get Zach on the show to make sure he knows right. what Afro Beats is doing. <laughs> so, thank yeah, yeah, yeah. so thank so you. So thank you for telling me about your time in Ghana. Until I can until then, how can these like up and coming artists and established artists work their way to being on this Forbes list? During this pandemic and moving forward, like what's keys that you would give these artists? Yeah, you know, I mean I think that um throughout the past decade or so, you know, music business more broadly, it's all been about touring, touring, touring. Um uh you know and, and that's where the growth has been a lot um in terms of you know individuals making money but obviously it's not possible now but you know hip hop has always been you know as you guys know a little bit different because um there've been restrictions um on how much hip hop can tour and you know a lot of it goes back to to like ingrained prejudice over what a hip hop show means mm-hmm. um there's this perception of danger uh unfairly that that has you know um stopped you know that that has stunted or delayed a lot of the growth right. in hip hop touring i think um you know a lot of like security and insurance costs stuff like that behind the scenes that it's hard that you know for people to see um you know like the, the kind of stuff that goes on but like you know like unfairly um kind of like jacking up those kinds of costs Right. In a way so that, we gotta move around that though. So like, cause so, right now touring, I, but I'm thinking, I, I think it's, it takes a little more than touring to get on that well, Forbes list. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. So like, yeah. they need to diversify. Yeah. It's tech booming. It's stock. Well, they need to, like, yeah. Give me the keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I think hip hop has been so good at that, and because, because of having to deal with with that, um, you know, those kinds of prejudices, you know, both touring and then in terms of, you know. Um, even you know getting record deals and mm-hmm. and uh, clothing deals and endorsements back in the day you know well if i can't get a record deal or or a or an endorsement deal with with a big company i'm just going to go start my own and that's been the hip hop mentality mm-hmm. for so yep. long and so mm-hmm. i think that has driven you know a lot of um really kind of smart uh, uh and outside the box thinking and business deals over the years and I, and when you look at who's doing this era right in in quarantine um some of the names that that are at the very top are hip hop acts like you know Travis Scott did a, his big virtual gig in Fortnite and you know he was selling merch like based on this virtual gig. He was selling real merch, you know, like yeah. Travis Scott Nerf guns and action figures and stuff <laughs> um, in, in this, you know, fantasy game. Um, that's you know that kind of thinking. I think is what is what is needed uh, to to take the next step. I mean, yep. and yeah, um, you know, even somebody like Drake, uh, when when people were holding their albums, you know, he he put out this mixtape um, that ended up at number two on the charts that you know like don't shy away from you know don't kind of like sit around and wait until this is all over and figure out how you can you know be relevant in this time and and um you know because it doesn't seem like it's, it's getting back to normal anytime no. soon no it's not i mean i i could keep you here forever zach but one last thing before i let you go sure. what is your perspective take you know what's your take on what the future of american music entertainment will look like financially What's your personal take? Yeah, um, you know, streaming obviously has been huge. Uh, you know, taking over in, in the past several years is the 
number one um, way of consuming music. But, um, you know, so I think that'll continue to grow. Um, but I do think we'll get back to touring. Uh, I think probably next summer, you know, mm-hmm. um, provided we get a vaccine and, and, and it's distributed by then. Um, I could see touring coming back next summer, but, you know, we, we, we got a whole lot of time in between now and then to, to figure stuff out. So uh, I think that in the intervening time, it's going to be a lot of like, you know, how, who can prove to be relevant, um, you know, remotely and uh, how are they going to partner with brands on endorsement deals? You know, because I think the way you, the way you do it is you build something people are interested in and you get it really huge and then you flip the switch and you monetize it. So when are we going to start to see, you know, um, some of you know, like the, the kind of deals that are going to come from, you know, like Versus and, and, and these kind of situations that we're seeing on, online. Um, how, how is that going to be monetized uh, uh, as it all goes on and uh, without like alienating fans? Totally agree with you, Zach. It's been an honor having you on the show. Thank you Thank so you. much for chopping it up with us at Halfa. Keep doing what you do. Looking forward to that Afro oh, weekend. Okay? All right. <laughs> and you spending more time in Africa and getting to know. We want to bridge that gap. We want to bridge the culture. So thank you so much for doing this. This means yeah, a great deal to us. Respect. Enough respect. Shout out All to right. everyone. Thank you.